This is the Mouths of the South podcast. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. The official Dirty South Soccer podcast. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Talking all things Atlanta United FC. Don't nobody understand the words that are coming out of your mouth, man. We are the Mouths of the South. The South got something to say. That's all I got to say. What's up, Atlanta? This is the Mouths of the South podcast brought to you by Dirty South Soccer, not the palatial 68 of the Pan Studios. I am Eric Quintana in my apartment. He is Sam Franco in his apartment. Is it an apartment for you? Uh, that is correct, yes. Apartment for him. Josh Bagrianski out coaching the little ones, so uh, he will not be joining us today. But we do want to talk about a nil-nil Orlando City, Atlanta United draw from last Woo-hoo! night inside, Mer- inside Mercedes-Benz Stadium. A match in which uh, I thought was a a pretty good, pretty good one. Probably generous. It was a, it was fine. It was fine. I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> that that word, by the way, that word <laughs> fine. I think you and I have different definitions of, and it will come back up later on. Well, I say fine because you look at the zero zero draw, and you look at the way that the Atlanta United played. And I know there were moments. I look. I like the beginning. The beginning looked like a lot like a like a repetition of or what, a lot like what you saw out of uh, Atlanta United when they faced DC United. I thought that's how they started out. It, lo- it looked like they were primed to kind of play the same way. I'm not saying they were going to get the same kind of result, but it looked like they were going to try to be on their front foot, try to create stuff stuff going forward. And I want to say about maybe 15, 20 minutes in, the timing might be a little bit off that sort of went away. Um, and all of a sudden Atlanta United played a little bit more conservatively and, um, and you've got a lot of, a lot more possession play out of Atlanta United than you did anything going forward. But it's not to say that things didn't, didn't happen going forward. I, I look at, I say fine because look, you're playing, you're playing this game. You're playing right now with no DPs, no, no head coach. Um, you've got a, a, you've got the, the emergence of a guy like Gallagher and, and uh, you know Brooks Lennon and, and guys that you didn't think were going to be factors early on in the season, all of a sudden they're kind of emerging as as potential stars, at least for the 2020 season. Um, and, and you're seeing them, I say fine, because you didn't see any regression. I don't think across the board you didn't see any regression. You didn't give up a goal. You still got a result out of it. Um, I thought it was a very uh, uh, business-style approach to the match. Um, what I, what I, I saw this tweet, and I thought, no, that's appropriate. Um Someone tweeted out, I forget who, I apologize that, that I don't have the name, but someone tweeted out that the, the, the Orlando City Atlanta United rivalry doesn't really hit as like it did before, which I think is after last night was absolutely true. You didn't see that intensity from either side. You saw moments where, yeah, things got heated, especially after um, the, uh, the Franco Escobar no card tackle, which I think most of us would agree that was probably a second yellow for him, but um, thankfully he didn't, didn't have to deal with that. But outside of that moment, there wasn't a lot of, intensity to this match i think that's why a lot, i feel like a lot of people found it to be not as as fun of a match or or maybe a little little more lethargic than than it could have been because you didn't have the intensity that you would normally have um i, I want to say outside of the 2020 season in an orlando city atlanta united match hopefully that comes back uh maybe joseph martinez is the key but that it that, i think that was part of the reason it seemed to be kind of a dull match is because there wasn't that intensity there wasn't that fire that i think where you sing and obviously there's no crowd so that obviously doesn't help the situation when it comes to creating that atmosphere of a, a of a rivalry so i think that's the biggest thing right yeah, there though otherwise, I mean, I thought that, the, performance, the fact that there's no crowd yeah otherwise i thought the performance was 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 fine but you you disagree well it's not that i didn't think it was fine i just think that 
with the expectations that we have, you know, from this club. And obviously, look, this is a whole different team right now in terms of the players that are on it, in terms of the level of talent that this team has right now. I mean, DPs aren't playing uh, right now. You know, um, Moreno could play this Saturday and, and he would be a DP. But uh, in terms of Ezekiel Barco uh, being injured or not or whatever the heck is going on right now because the club continues – to throw up a smoke screen when they're asked about this. They're not being forthcoming. They're not being uh, transparent uh, with what is going on with Ezekiel Barco, whatever it is. And in fact, uh, Carlos Bocanegra said today that they're not disclosing that stuff because they don't want teams to target it, which come on, man, like that's ridiculous. Like, like it might be true though. It, it might be true, <laughs> so but that's, it, it, that's it, still it, a ridiculous thing to do. I mean, uh, you need to be transparent, especially with a player that is, you know, getting paid more than anyone else in your club right now and is the most important player on the team right now and for a number of different reasons. And the fact that the European transfer markets are closed means that, okay, he's not getting sold uh, right. in this window. So he's going to be with Atlanta United for the rest of the year. So I kind of think it's on the club to, you know, be transparent, let you know what's going on with him as opposed to, yes, he's the most fouled player in MLS or one of the most fouled players in MLS, but I still don't think that gives the club a right to just keep saying crap like, oh, it's a knock or oh, whatever, and not disclosing the nature of the injury. I mean, in other leagues, that's against the rules. Like, you can't do that. So I, what, what? let's assume it's a leg injury. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's a safe, safe assumption. If, if I either – look, I, I – I can't speak to what the injury is because obviously we don't know, but I, I don't think personally it matters. Look, I would almost, I think most fans w- almost wish that it was a, a transfer type of deal because then at least you're not talking about Barco being uh, injured once again for a long period of time, um, going to show that he's, he's injury prone. I mean, he's been injury prone most of his career, if not all, well, yeah, pretty much all of his career with, with Atlanta United. Um, you know, you have spells where Barco just can't play for whatever reason because he's taking a knock because, and yeah, it is, he is the most, he is one of the most fouled players, if not the most fouled player in in, Atlanta, uh, in, in MLS, but he looks for a lot of that. So yeah, that's like, that's like the conversation people used to have. It, sorry, this is just a tangent, a slight tangent, but it's the conversation people used to have about Michael Vick about how, you know, well, he's going to run. He's going to be that dynamic player that, that you want him to meet, but that also means that, you know, the he's high risk, high reward, he's going to get hurt more often. Um, but that's the kind of player that I feel like Barco is. He goes out, he tries things. He's going to uh, look to draw the foul in dangerous areas, and that's just who he is. And every now and well, then, he's, he's going to run at players with the ball. Sure, he's, he's, he's going to try to make those things happen. Absolutely, he's going to pick up those moments, or he's going to have those moments where he's got to sit out because he's picked up too many knocks, or, or you know, picked up too many, you know, been hit too many times. Uh, and teams are going to, you know, take notice of that. And he can be as young as he as he, as he wants to be, or as he as he is. But uh, you know, you you want your player that you're going to buy to play more often than, than not. And right now it seems like it's pretty even the time that, I mean, I haven't done the math. I don't know, but it seems like the, the amount of time that he has spent injured um, outweighs the benefit of having him on the team, at least for the and moment. I, and I'll be, I'll be honest here. I think it's also like a media issue because like the people you're seeing complain about the team, not being forthcoming with the injury updates are media members, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's Doug, whether it's Felipe, whether it's, uh, you know, any of those guys, it seems like they're the ones that are kind of commentating, so to speak, yeah. on hey, Atlanta United's handling of this injury. And I think that it, it's always going to be a media issue because some fans will tell you, good, don't tell them. We don't want the other people to know. But at the same time, I do think some fans are kind of getting tired of the, well, what the heck is going on here? 
but it is a media issue having been you know someone that's covered teams and all that stuff before you get upset when you don't get the information because you have to write articles you have deadlines to meet and all this stuff and if you don't have information you can't really write those articles so yeah it's a media thing it makes them upset but if you're a fan too and you're not seeing this guy play eventually yeah you're gonna start to get upset about it too I look I, as honest as Stephen Glass has been in a lot of these post game interviews and and just uh, general media availability. I, I don't. I, I really. I I hundred percent believe them and what they're saying about Barco. Um, it makes more sense now that the window is closed that he's not going to be sold to anybody anytime soon. That he is going to be here for the rest of the season. So I'm not like I, I take him at their word at this point because it's you know there's there's not a lot of other options. Um, but it is what it is. Look, going back to the game. I, it, yes. you, missed, you missed Barco a little bit because he could have given you a bit of that creativity in the midfield. But I, I do look at the, the the starting 11 that Atlanta United started with, and I looked across the board, and I was, at least in that first half, I was I was impressed with what Mo Adams brought um, because of, again, because you haven't seen all, too many positives from him lately. And I thought there was a lot of work rate out of him like there was with most of the players um, on the field last night. Um, you like what you saw out of uh, uh, Gallagher, more creativity on that left side. Um, you, you liked what you continue to see out of Brooks Lennon. The reason I, I say fine out of this performance is because, again, no one took a step back. No one no one regressed in there, you know, since the, the we'll just say the DC United game. I think it's two, yeah. one, two, two wins and a draw out of the last four. But no one's taken a step back. You didn't see anyone absolutely make, make, a, make a enormous mistake last night, at least enormous, enormous enough to cost you. Um, sure, Orlando had Orlando had their moments, and I thought for the most part it was an incredibly even match. I thought if anything, Orlando should have had should have probably won that game just because they they I mean they were going for it a little more than Atlanta United was. Atlanta Atlanta didn't have DPS. I, I look at I look at last night and I'm thinking then that's the big takeaway is that all right, well you didn't you didn't regress. You maybe didn't take it the biggest step forward, but you didn't go backwards any. And I think for a team that again is playing without a manager at least a, a permanent manager, uh, a team that has no DPs, a team that's still trying to figure out its starting 11. This was the same starting 11 as the DC United match, which is insanely amazing considering we've seen no consistency out of, out of Stephen Glass. And maybe he has his reasons for that, but that's something I've always wanted to see. And I haven't uh, until last night. And so you look at that and you're like, all right, well, maybe this is, again, the, the DC, DC United match, the fact that you didn't regress against Orlando, um, and you're looking towards a team, a tough team like Red Bulls, you know, this is, could be a turning point to the season to hopefully keep you and, and enter you into the playoff, uh, into the playoffs. And, and once you're there, you know, anything can happen. But I'm going to peel I, back the curtain a little bit on like our discussions on like what the pot, you know, cause we had, you know, you, me and Josh had a nice little, you know, chat sure. after the game last night about like what, you know, we expect from this. And I think, yes, th- that was one thing you guys both were in agreement. We don't have any DPs right now. Uh, that are playing and and that's fair it's absolutely fair I mean this team isn't up to snuff talent wise with a lot of the competition they face uh, the DC United game really an anomaly I mean that team is awful I mean you, you go look at some of the stats of DC United in 2020 and that is one of the worst MLS teams I've seen in a long long time so I the, don't think you can take a whole lot from that the only caveat I would say to that is or I guess detail i would add is that good teams beat those bad teams of, of course absolutely so, no you're, you're totally right you're absolutely right but i will say this in terms of a game like last night um atlanta united nine shots three shots on goal you look at orlando 15 shots six of them on goal and orlando was sitting back a lot like they weren't going for it a whole lot but they for some reason were going for it a little more than atlanta united was and i think that like 
with a team like Atlanta United right now, you've got Steven Glass. And one thing Josh was saying was, you know, when we're talking amongst ourselves in our, in our group chat is that, and I think you agree with this too, we're finding out who a lot of these role players are going to be going forward for Atlanta United. Like, like that's what these games are doing right now. They're setting you up for 2021 and who is going to be the guys that are supplementing Joseph Martinez, Marcelino Moreno, and whoever else Atlanta United brings in as a DP if Marco is gone. So you're trying to figure out who is going to, who are going to be in those roles. And I just think that with the lame duck coach, because we know Stephen Glass is not going to get this job full time. So with a lame duck coach and with a bunch of players that are really trying to fight for those role positions and, and the supplemental pieces to those DPs that you guys are talking about, you would think that they would kind of go for broke and not necessarily hold back because a, what does Steven glass have to lose? And B some of these players need to prove to the front office, you know, with their play that they are, you know, guys that can be a part of a very successful Atlanta United team. If they're able to get back to form next season. And I think that, you just you just look at the way that some of these guys are playing and, and it's a very you know regimented and and sort of stoic stoic's not the right word but but stiff approach it seems like they, they, they're not like you said they're not trying to mess up they're not trying to make those big mistakes they didn't do that last night it got them a point more power to them but is like scraping into the playoffs and then getting eliminated in like the first round what you want or is what you want experimenting going for it and trying to get some of these players to show you something that is a spark or something that would let you believe that they're going to be a key part of this team next year. And I think that's why I have a little bit of a fundamental difference in what you guys are saying, because what's the point of just scraping into the playoffs for nothing rather than, you know, going out there, taking a chance, showing the team something. I, I, so I don't see it that way because I did see the, the, the effort in trying to get forward. It didn't always come off, which you can't. Well, they're you know, trying. I'm not saying they're not trying. It's no, just, no, no, no. But I'm, no specifically, I'm specifically talking about the effort going forward. So in the attack, trying to create chances. I saw the chances. I saw them trying to create those chances. But when you don't have anyone there, like a, like a Barco, like a, I would even throw pity into the conversation. Um, the or, creator. That someone that can kind of, uh, yeah, be that focal point in the attack that will either draw the attention or, or he's able to create with. Um, or someone that's willing and has the confidence to pull that trigger. You know, I, I, I look at last night, I'm like, look, you, you, you trotted out what you have and, and you did the best you could. And you come away with a pretty even draw, a pretty, pretty well-deserved draw on both sides. I don't think Orlando did anything spectacular. I I'm surprised that they didn't go for it more than, uh, more than, more than they did. You say they, they were went, a different team when Nani came on though. Yeah, when, you, I mean, I, they, sure. they looked a lot more threatening. You say that they were more attacking than, than Atlanta United, but even then I, and I don't disagree with you, but I, I don't think they were attacking enough even then. Um, no, they could, if they had wanted to, if they had like started like Nani and Muller in this match and really went for it from the get go, I mean, they could have probably beaten Atlanta United like three to nothing. I still think that this is a team, the way it's, the way it's built right now, even without Joseph, even without, without uh, Barco, who can still get into the playoffs. And sure, we're talking about, you know, maybe not being a top seed or anything like that. But right now, as bad as this season has been for Atlanta United, you're just looking to get in. Once you're in, you can reassess and figure out, and then you take chances. If if they were to play it like the way they played last night in a in a um, in a playoff scenario, yeah, I would have been rather upset. But we're trying to get in. We're trying to uh, uh, grow into the, the the final stretch of the season, and and then you start taking chances when things actually matter. When not that last night didn't matter, but when things actually you know when it's winner go home. 
Um, and so at that I think there is a philosophical difference between us then like, like you and, and maybe Josh, I don't want to speak for him, but it's like gauging the importance of making the playoffs this year. It's like, yeah, I mean, that would be great, but like, ultimately I would rather them set themselves up better for 2021 than scrape in and try to make the playoffs this year. But I I still think they're doing that. Even, even, even if they do just scrape into the playoffs, because I'm, I'm sitting there looking at the growth of a guy like Gallagher, a growth of a guy like Brooks Lennon. Um, You look at Mo Adams last night, who I, again, I think the second half was was not the greatest of second halves for him, but I thought the first half he showed what he could be, the effort guy. There was one moment where um, the ball, he could have easily been dispossessed, and he he found a way to be more physical than I forget who it was from Orlando that, that was trying to dispossess him. But uh, it was a moment like that where I was like, all right, well, Mo Adams brought it today. It was the first game for Mo Adams where I thought, he, he came to play or he showed up, uh, which hasn't been as obvious in the past. Um, but again, like otherwise, you didn't really see uh, uh, it was a very business-like approach to the, to the match. And I think, again, with no DPs, yeah. you had to do what you have to do to kind of get by until guys like Barco, until like Moreno comes into the picture. Um, and all of a sudden you can be more attacking. We've seen, we know what this team can be uh, when it's got the pieces in place, you saw a little bit of that in DC United. You know the runs that Gallagher is going to make. You know the crosses that Brooks Lennon is going to be able to put in. You know what uh, Adam John can can provide you up top. You add a couple more pieces, and I mean it's not going to happen overnight, but you add a couple more pieces, and you know you've got a better picture, or you've got a better you know formulated puzzle entering the playoffs. Once that happens, then yes, I would absolutely be like, okay, Gallagher, you got to make those runs in the box. You got to take more chances. You got to cr- try to create more. Brooks Lennon, you got to do more things. Uh, going forward. And uh, last night I just thought was fine because again, no regression from anyone across the field. I thought if anything, it was, it was great considering, you know, what, what Atlanta United is dealing with right now. Orlando is one of the better teams in the league right now. So it's, they are. Right. you know, it's, it's not, it's not, uh, again, I just, it was, you saw in the dirty South soccer's uh, Twitter that, you know, they were like, Oh my gosh, that was boring or whatever, whatever they said. But at the same time, I'm like, well, I mean, there's not much more you can expect. This is a yeah. I, this is a team still trying to find themselves in 2020 as late. Well, I mean, I'll give you that as it is, sure. but you know they're going to have to do it kind of on the backs of of guys they didn't expect to have to count on. So it's you know I, I think that the one thing you can look if you want to talk about um, going kind of going for it in 2020, considering what what you've got uh, what what you've struggled with. You you found out what Gallagher is, so you know what he is going to be, how he can, can contribute in twenty twenty one. Same with Brooks Lennon, um, Heinemann. You know that maybe you're, you're figuring out what you can and can't do, and how you can count on him. Um, you still got the, the 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 good play out of Miles Robinson. You're figuring out that Meza is a good solid piece of that back line, um, who I think Josh would stack up against the best in MLS. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Adam John, look as a supplemental piece up top next year like a backup to joseph absolutely right so it's a perfect perfect you know you know perfect it's the same way we thought of kenwin jones before you know before that kind of experiment failed but it's the same i think this is a good exercise i do think this is a good exercise like looking at last night's lineup what of these players like would you say are competing for starting jobs for landing you next year i would say anton walks for sure uh you know he, he i think he continues to be a very good uh, you know, supplemental player uh, for Atlanta United in terms of, you know, he had the best chance of the night, <laughs> I would say, uh, for Atlanta United in the box there, almost, uh, you know, drilling one in off of a deflection. But I, I think he's he's one. 
I mean, you gave Heinemann a lot of money. I think you have to just based on like the but contract that you're paying I still, him. I like, still think he's still fighting for a for a position. I, I think that you know if if he's been struggling, he hasn't been yeah, he hasn't been, been what what they want him to be for giving him the money. That especially like with a lot of the fans being like, I yeah. mean, you could have given that money to Julian Gressel, a guy that was already a fan favorite, and let Heinemann walk. Um, right now, it's looking and look, Gressel hadn't been great for DC United this year, but nobody has. But I'll say that, you know, right now that one's looking like kind of a, a mistake that the front office made just because Heinemann hasn't lived up to the amount of money they gave him. Well, they also don't play the same position. I know that the money is well, – Well, no, of course what's not. It, what's it, yeah, what's in question here. But, it, it, you know, you, you – I think they well, brought, allocation of resources sure. is what it is. I though. think they brought Heinemann in to be the, the, the replacement for – I'll put it in air quotes, the replacement for Nagby. Part of the replacement for Nagby, right. maybe. And, and you know, you weren't ever going to replace Nagby in his type of production, but you were going to try to get as close as you can. And I think they thought that Hyman, being as young as he was, um, having the, you know, the experience overseas, you know, be, you know, everything that goes along with Hyman, you thought maybe he could be someone that could, again, kind of be a, a fill-in, if you will. Um, that hasn't worked out the way, the way they thought it would, but you know, you're not going to hit on hundred percent of the people you bring into the, into the club. I, I still think that, um, well, look, you know, that Adam John's going to be, you know, Joseph is going to take that top spot. Um, I think Brooks Lennon probably, while uh, I feel like he would probably get replaced, uh, by someone who, who Atlanta decides to bring in maybe for next year. Um, because while I like his play, I think that, I think that it's, it's, it's replaceable over the course of, of, of a full season. Um, you know that Moreno is going to come in and, and occupy the middle of the field, probably take that Hyman spot depending on how, how, you know, how Steven glass wants to play it. Um, otherwise, I mean, I think Gallagher is, is going to occupy that last spot for a while. I don't, yeah, he's been I, good. He's been, I good don't see, I don't see how, that's exactly what you want. I've got on the left side, a guy that makes, you know, uh, runs that cut into the box, um, a guy that's, you know, willing to take on defenders, a guy that's, I think Jurgen Dam might be the only, I mean, maybe Jurgen Dam goes to the right side and proves that he can do something um, over Brooks Lennon. But I, again, I think the one thing you have about Brooks Lennon is that he's a, a lot, he's a close replacement. Well, I would say he's a replacement for Gressel, maybe not in the same lovable style that we love Gressel with, but I think that you add Joseph Martinez into the picture for 2020. And I think Brooks Lennon is an, an, an emerging star for Atlanta United. He's got think- a moment in him too. Like he's one of those guys, like we sure. saw it with the shot against DC United. Like he's one guy that, and I would like to see him take a little bit more in terms of chances and things like that, because yeah. it, it's something we've seen, but he's a guy who's got it. That, that thing that, you know, you can make a, a moment or a chance happen out of nothing. And I think those are the kind of guys that, that you definitely need in your squad. You throw in three full DPs into this squad. I think you're, we're hearing a lot, or we're, we're liking Brooks Lennon even more so than I think I like him right now. I think everyone is, is would almost forget about what Gressel provided you on that right side because it would be easily replaced. The, 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 the production, the numbers would be, would be similar to what Gressel gave you. Maybe not exactly the same, but I, I think that, again, the fact that he's playing without a, a – you know, the top number one striker or one of the best strikers or forwards in, in, in the league in MLS, you know, that says a lot for, for what he's still been able to do and what is able to contribute. I, I like what I've seen out of Brooks Lennon. Um, I'm not saying he's as good. There, there will never be a good, a, a better pairing than J- Julian Gressel and Joseph Martinez because they were yeah. more in sync than any other two, two players I've ever seen, uh, at least in MLS. 
It's going to be impossible to recreate that. Like you have to get good players, but I mean, to expect whoever you get to replace and and do exactly what Gressel was doing. Yeah. That was like a once in a lifetime kind of deal. Just in terms, they were so in sync that it was ridiculous. That partnership is, was, was amazing. Just to be frank, it was, it was quite quite something. Atlanta United keeps trying to like, like search or recreate things that they just can't recreate, like recreating a Darlington Nagby or recreating like Julian Gressel to Joseph Martinez. Like, you're not going to, you know, have lightning strike twice. I don't think. I, I just think you need to bring in good players and hope that they can mesh similarly or or whatever to those players. And I think I said this to Josh last night. I didn't want to like tweet it or anything because I thought people would take it the wrong way. But like, I feel like this team last night, and and it's not really true because there are players that are a little more creative, faster, blah blah blah. But in terms of mentality, I felt like they went out there last night with like eleven Jeff Lorenowitzes. You know what I mean? Like, like none of them are particularly like super skilled or whatever but the work rates there the effort is there and and again that's not a knock on Jeff because he's a fine player and and obviously he's done a tremendous amount in his you know MLS career but I think that you you're just missing that creativity and that's what ultimately it gets down to is there's no DP playing and no Barco you know pities in Saudi Arabia uh, Joseph said he's coming back in January. So uh, right now you're just you're just dealing with a, a big lack of creativity. And I think if you're looking at 2021, all bets are off because you're obviously going to have Joseph Martinez come back. Marcelino Moreno is going to be on the team, but is he going to be a DP or are they going to buy him down? I mean, there's a possibility they'll end up somehow, uh, you know, being able to buy him down, and then you'll have a chance to maybe get two more DPs. Uh, does Barco stay? I would assume not. It seems more than likely that we're watching if he even gets back on the field again, which I don't know because they're not telling us. Um, we may have seen the last of Barco in an Atlanta United uniform. Maybe we'll see him a couple more games. Who knows? But you would assume that he wants to go. I think he probably wanted to go in this window. They just couldn't really figure it out. Um, and they probably just weren't getting the offers in terms of a transfer fee that they wanted to get for him. That, that's what I would guess. So I think you're looking at next year. I mean, you could have Joseph – Moreno and another DP you could have Joseph and two more DPs depending on what they do with the with with Moreno's contract uh because it seems like one that could be able to get bought down uh with the allocation money so you just never know but I think we one positive that I will give you is that yeah we're starting to see what some of these players can do you know outside of a system that has these good players so they might be even better once you get those guys into the lineup and and get the chemistry gelling and all that good stuff I'm telling you, in my head, I'm building up 2021 and this and what Atlanta United can be in 2021 um, with the additional pieces that that right now Atlanta United's missing. I'm building up in my head. I'm looking forward to next year, which is a sad state of affairs when it comes to this year. I still think there's a chance that that you know Atlanta United can make a run. I think it's obviously a lot more harder without without you know a guy like Joseph with without you know uh, who knows what the deal with Barco is, uh, but. you like what you're going to see. You hopefully are are enjoying what Atlanta United could be next year when everything hopefully is a little more back to normal than it is now. Um, And you're not dealing with, you know, a global pandemic and you're not dealing with, you know, these, these other, these other factors that, that are kind of, um, you know, that are, that are factors to the, to the regular season. Who knows Um, what 2021 will get us. It'll be like COVID 21. The the only thing, the only thing I I know is that this year, it's almost like, it's almost like Atlanta is sort of playing with house money um, in, in terms of the fact that they're in a playoff spot right now and that they, they look like a, a, a team that can at least tread water. I think that's the term we use in our chat 
a couple of times is that, look, all this team is doing right now is treading water, treading water until Moreno can get into the, into the fold and, and see, we can see what he kind of produces for all we know, Moreno could be the second coming of Miguel Almiron. And all of a sudden it's a completely different team. And we're talking about even more hope once we're in the playoffs, time will tell, but I mean, that's the kind of, that's, that's, that's just the kind of, we don't know about, about Moreno. I think right now, even without Moreno, I'm, I'm st- I still think this team can be a playoff team. I think they can, make a run in the playoffs. I don't know that they're going to necessarily win MLS cup, but again, I wouldn't expect it from a team where they had no DPs. If they did, it'd be a hell of a story. And I would, I feel like everyone would love on this team more than they have in the last year, year and a half or so. But Eric, I, how about this stat before David Beckham arrived to the league, every single championship that was won in MLS was done without DPs. Okay. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> That's a trivia question. <laughs> That's right. Uh, let's talk about the introduction of Marce- uh, Marcelino Moreno, uh, who <laughs> one of the things that Carlos Bo- say a lot. <laughs> Carlos Bocanegra just straight up said he's a man of few words, and he was not kidding. It made me think of the uh, the Kevin Malone bit. Uh, <laughs> why use many words when few words do trick? Not that he sounded like a like a like a dummy or anything like that, but man, he kept his answers short and sweet. Uh, I feel like every answer he 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 wrapped it up within 10 seconds, if, if even that, uh, but you know, he was asked about, you know, why MLS and, and he mentioned, um, you know, just having watched Miguel Admiron and MLS kind of being a platform for, for guys, uh, like, like, like Moreno to get to, uh, Europe, um, or Saudi Arabia, <laughs> but much in the same vein as, as Miguel Admiron and, and, and everything he, he, uh, he went through once here and, and now, uh, you know, in the premier league. So that was obviously one thing that he was, I guess, taken by. He also mentioned that. I think, I think he specifically mentioned Argentina, that, that Atlanta United was, was the biggest club, the biggest MLS club in Argentina, which would make sense because of the ties to Tata Martino and, and, you know, guys that have played in, um, in Argentina that have since gone to Atlanta United. Yeah, Barco, so look, Pitti, Tito. I mean, you know, you've got a bunch of guys. Yeah, I sure. don't, I don't think he's going to be a very vocal player. I, I can tell you that right now. Um, but I, I'm hoping that the play on the field that that he, he's a, he's one of these lead by example guys that that can just kind of ball out and and really help this team get to where it wants to get in 2020. So I, we'll see how that pans out. The first game that he is the first time he can actually play with this team is going to be against the Red Bulls, which I don't know that that's going to be. I, I can't imagine him starting, but I assume he'd be on the bench. Yeah, there were some confusing tweets out there. Like I saw like one reporter say like he's set to make his debut. And then another reporter said he will be available for selection. Uh, I would probably lean towards the latter because of what they were saying, like how he hasn't even met his teammates yet other than, you know, probably via like Zoom or whatever. Right. Uh, He hasn't practiced with them. So, I mean, maybe he comes in in like the 80th minute for a cup of coffee or something. But, you know, this <laughs> well, guy it, isn't going to be part of the main game plan for the game because he can't practice with the team right now. We assume Steven Glass has thrown us a couple of, uh, a couple of uh, wrenches in some of these lineups. So we, we assume that he, w- he would probably be like a late game sub just to get, you know, the feet under him and uh, help him kind of uh, – build that chemistry with the team at least before he just go gung-ho but again this is 2020 and i feel like at this point anything can happen and you're you're again if you're atlanta united you're, you're trying to make a, a a push into this playoffs and and i gotta think that look if you're talking about going for it that would be a, a way to go for it against a team like yeah. the red bulls put them in there starting 11 and and just roll with it give them a a, a 
give him give him his assignments, give him his you know his, his job description, and then kind of go from there. I think that speaking of the Red Bulls, did you see that Iguain goal last night, man? I did. That was a nice one. That was look, nice that one. guy. Look, I, I I've given Miami a lot of guff for the signing because you know he's he's like got that like balding crown on top of his head <laughs> now, and he's like definitely a little more uh, doughy than he was at his best at like Real Madrid, and certainly not the player in terms of speed, in terms of, you know, his ability in the game. Not the player he used to be, but that don't matter on a set piece, man. <laughs> you put him down for a free kick, he blasted that thing. So Miami, you know, with a guy like that, they might be a team to look out for. I don't know if uh, they have enough time to try to squeeze, uh, squeeze into the playoffs here, but, you know, next year, who knows? Well, uh, right now, uh, Red Bulls in seventh and the Eastern Conference, Atlanta United in ninth. Um Atlanta United with a win could surpass the Red Bulls uh, and go to 21 points. Right now, the Red Bulls have 20. Atlanta United 18. Got to get to top 10, baby. It's all you need. Yeah, <laughs> and then you got the play the the playoff uh, the final the final series playoff is what they're calling it. And um, I, again, I, I I just wanted them to get in. Keep at least at the very least with this season as as weird as it's been. Just keep the streak alive. Keep Although Atlanta United alive. in a tournament, I've still got PTSD about the uh, MLS's <laughs> back. So uh, yeah, so not great, but. I still don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm hoping that he can come in. Moreno can come in and, and be the guy that we want him to be, be the kind of this, this, again, the, the, the pressure has already been put on, on, on him by Atlanta United, at least the, the social media team. But I hope that he can kind of be a, a maybe not the exact same play style as, as Almiron, but can have that kind of a difference, that kind of a, that kind of an impact to a game where he is in control, uh, where he is dominating the middle of the field, um, where he is able to, facilitate and he's able to create and 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 be a, a playmaker that Atlanta United so desperately needs right now especially in the middle of the field I think the one thing that 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 everyone can agree on is that there's no playmaker in the middle of the field that you've got Gallagher on the left you got Brooks Lennon who can pump in a cross and and, and is in for a good play every now and then his but crosses have been phenomenal like I, they've been good I'm telling like... you uh, Brooks Lennon with 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 Joseph Martinez in the picture I think it's a, we're talking about a different player in Brooks Lennon at that point we're mm. talking about someone that's making a significant impact because his crosses have been really good lately and I mean, um, he had a few he had one to Adam John and I think uh, an Orlando defender I think it was on a set piece an Orlando defender like got there at the last second yeah. to like head it behind for a corner and John like put his hands up on his head like he knew he had missed a good opportunity there so I mean yeah you know Brooks Lennon is, is is putting the balls in the spots they need to go the problem is they don't have the guys that can finish with the regularity that Joseph Martinez can yeah. once that ball gets there not only that, but I mean, there's, he, he, Joseph is also really good at making runs, and and that's something that's been missing um, this last year and a lot of late last year. But you saw the re- re- kind of reemergence of that with with Gallagher a little bit with Adam John. Adam John, I, I I don't feel like Adam John and Joseph Martinez would play the same way because Adam John's doing a lot of uh, a lot of he's coming back to the ball a lot more than I think Joseph Martinez would like. But Joseph Martinez did do that in the first few games of the season and then early or late last season. So that, 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 that seems to be the way that Atlanta United is playing that, that, that position right now. I don't know if that changes with Joseph Martinez, at least in 2020, I, I imagine it would, but um, we obviously hadn't, ha- haven't had the opportunity to find that out uh, through Steven Glass and, and the way he sets up a guy like Joseph Martinez. But I would assume that that would change again, Joseph Martinez making those runs going onto the ball a lot like he did in 2017, 2018. I I, I think we're talking about a different John Brooks at this point, Uh, uh, Brooks Lennon. 
Um, I think we're John Brooks. I think John we're Brooks. <laughs> I think in, I, I think I think we're think I think we're talking about a a guy that that we're comparing more to Gressel than not, um, or or not. We would say that he has become the 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 replacement, the carbon. He's copy doing something of, that Gressel used Julian, to do. Yeah, of oh. Julian Gressel, and that it, it's because I still look. I had this conversation with a friend. I still don't think. I mean, it's even more certain now, but I still don't think that that Gressel is worth that amount of money for eighteen. I think that Gressel getting that mo- that money for himself, good for him, good for his agent. He might have been worth that much money to Atlanta United if things had stayed the same. In like if. Like the roster, like if they hadn't like blown it up as much as they did, then he may have. But the problem with that is they had to do what they they did because of the financial well, no, restrictions I mean, of the league. I, there's no reason to think that the 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 combination of Joseph Martinez and Julian Gressel would have would have changed in two, in 2020. Because well, that, that's what that, I'm saying. So to, to United, he might have been worth that. Well, not now. Not if they can get someone that does what John what uh, Bruce Lennon does, um, or what Julian Gressel does for cheaper. Right, exactly. If they're getting some, if they're getting the same sort of production, the same sort of output, um, obviously the result at at you know on goal is is not the same because again you don't you can't really compare the two right now because you don't one doesn't have Joseph. That's unfortunately we won't know. Until yeah, we just won't Joseph know not not at least until next year, and that's assuming that 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 uh, Brooks Lennon is still on the team next year, and and you know that everything's good to go with Joseph after his recovery. But what did you think about uh, Brad Guzan's performance? You know, he got mad a lot. I will say that there were a few times where he was screaming at his guys, but I think you know what you're going to get from Brad at this point. You know, I mean, he is a he is a very good goalkeeper. Uh, there's a reason that he, you know, featured with the U.S. Men's National Team for so long. It seems like he's probably passed that torch on to uh, Zach Steffen now. But, you know, there, there's the, the guy's just a veteran. He knows how to command a back line. He knows how to get guys in the right position. And he does all that. And he, and he still makes phenomenal saves. And, you know, I thought overall he, he did a fantastic job. Uh, he had uh, quite a few opportunities on him. I will say Orlando got very unlucky. Uh, you know, Nani's uh, ball that hit the crossbar there. I, and that would have been like a deflected goal. And that would have totally been an MLS way to lose that game last night. <laughs> Thank God that didn't go in. But uh, I thought he did really well. He did well on the junior or so, uh, you know, uh, attempt there where he had to get down and make a good save. I think it was a kick save maybe. I, I don't even remember. Is that the double point. save? I think that was the double save, right? I think that was right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, that's the thing. I mean, he, he's he's somebody that you can rely on back there. A lot of fans still give Atlanta United guff because that contract is one you kind of scratch your head at, especially for a keeper in MLS. But I don't because I think that if you can shore up that position – then you don't need to worry about a lot of other stuff. So I think that that position is extremely important to have a guy like Brad Guzan back there at Lane United is very lucky to have that. Yeah, it was a fantastic performance. He's talking about how uh, I think someone asked, I forget who, about luck being on their side or, or, you know, things going their way that maybe didn't go their way at the beginning of the season. If that maybe is a change of, is that shows how like the mentality of the club has changed or something along those lines. And, I loved his answer him talking about how, you know, we make our own luck. I think people make their own luck. And I think uh, he was spot on because, you know, if, if that shot doesn't get blocked, it goes off the post, you know, that's obviously going, I think that's going in. Um, and, you know, you, you create your own moments where you're, you're, you know, you're trying to do best for the team and, and whatnot. Um, let me, uh, let's talk about Lucid FC. Let's do it. Sponsor of the Mounds of South podcast. 
My Loose girlfriend's FC. wearing their socks right now. I got the hat on as we speak. Lucid FC, a distinctively modern clothing line based right here in Atlanta, reflects a deeply British American heritage and design approach, uh, promotes freedom of fashion, gender, and role. The brand's iconic logo is immediately recognizable. Uh, Loose FC clothing, uh, clothing is <laughs> creative and functional. Pants, outerwear, hats, shirts, hoodies. Right now, they've got uh, a big push on the uh, on the uh, on the mask with the Lucid SC logo. Uh, you can check them out on all the social media accounts. Uh, see who's wearing their stuff and and uh, who's uh you know throwing them on during the music videos and stuff like that. Ask me what the FC and uh, Lucid FC stands for. Hey Eric, what does the FC <laughs> and Lucid FC stand for? Footwear and clothing, perfect match there for all go. football fans. Uh, lucidfc.us see why uh, again all the celebrities are loving this line uh, lucidfc.us I'm looking at their Twitter account right now it's a sweet uh, like royal crest bucket cap it looks like an old like English team's uh, shield it's not like a bucket cap so uh, that's that's pretty good for uh, for right now weather you know so I just go to lucidfc check out their uh, their range they've got some good uh, fall styles so uh, there's a there's the, a uh, hitting the website now there's a song that i've seen that i don't have tiktok anymore because it was too addicting but uh there's a there's a song well, it's gonna what's, be banned anyway what's poppin by jack harlow uh in one yes. of the videos that in one of those music videos i think it's two music videos for the same song but in one of those he's wearing a lucid fc jean jacket which i think is uh, pretty nice. cool yeah they're uh, pushing so, the jean jackets right now i saw yep, too for sure uh make sure you are checking them out any final thoughts before we take off uh, not really. I mean, I'm just glad right now that, you know, the Braves are carrying the torch for uh, Atlanta <laughs> sports teams right now. Congrats to the Braves NLCS for the first time since 2001. Hoot hoot. Very excited too. I look, I don't, I'm not a baseball fan. Joseph's wa- excited too, dude. I've been watching the Braves and I've been very excited. They're doing well that someone is doing really well uh, in a playoff. Well, what else are you going to do right now? You <laughs> nothing, <know>? nothing, <laughs> nothing. Uh, play some video games. That's about all I can think of. Right. Um, I've been playing that Avengers game uh, pretty, pretty uh, heavily recently. Just saw that uh, Ben Olsen out at DC United. So I think we, I think most people That's saw that shame. coming. It was just a matter <laughs> of time. Atlanta United badgered him into getting fired. Uh, so we'll see who DC United replaces him with. We'll see who Julian Gressel's and you Mila Sada are playing under. Uh, let me see. What else? Any final, final things? I think it's it, man. Sounds good to me. All right, uh, we will zip it out. Talk about the Atlanta United Red Bulls match coming Saturday. I believe at six o'clock. Yep, six o'clock. We'll talk about that one Monday. Uh, Hopefully, have it out to you by Tuesday. Uh, And until next time, see you later, Atlanta. See ya.